Talking about musicians and cool things and stuff. It's the Holly and Josh Show. Yeah, welcome to the Holly and Josh Show. This week, Harley has broken down mentally. So instead of him, we've got his counterpart, Mr. Rainer Van Dale again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cow goes wild, <laughs> macho man, Rena Savage. Uh, how are you feeling? Gosh. You good? Yeah, I'm mate. good, man. Yeah, thank you for coming and filling in, mate. No probs. This week we have news regarding Article 13 passing through the EU Court of Law. Uh, we also have UK music venues face 125% jump in royalty fees, as well as Google has just bought Spotify. Who would knew us, right? Um, but before we do any of that, oh, also we've got some music which is wonderful, Pet Needs, new music from Pet Needs, new music from Polly Haynes, and some music from me and the band Goofa Dust. <laughs> All of this stuff. But, you know, more importantly, Rainer. Oh. What'd you do? Please. <laughs> so, um, this weekend, uh, yeah, the last over the last weekend, I was on a little tour with East Town Pirates. Uh, three, so a little three-day um, co-headline tour with uh, Pussycat and the Dirty Johnsons. I'm allowed to say that pre-Watershed, right? <laughs> Raunchy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Witch Doctors, and it was awesome, man, because all three of us are within our own right headliners in our own yeah. towns, and we're all playing at a festival together in a month's time. Oh, what's the festival? Uh, Undercover Festival. Um, it's awesome. It's just Is like it open a, air? Um, the venue's changed this year, so I'm not sure, but the last two years it's been in Margate, um, inside, no, it's definitely inside again, it's not on Okay, so it is undercover, that's useful. Yeah. It's going to be on brand. (laughs) On brand. But yeah, it's awesome. So basically, this was just like a little warm-up for the festival, so we each played our hometowns and headlined and took turns supporting. Nice. Yeah, it was really fun. How did you do with kit share with that? Because obviously the setup's different each night as to who's going on first, yeah, so the way we tackled that was basically, um, the so we played uh, Camden, Brighton, then Ipswich. Camden and Brighton, wee, wee, wee. Both, <laughs> both of those venues had pretty decent um, house kits, so right. everyone just used the house kit. Oh, useful. And uh, and then everyone just used their own amps and stuff. What so. about you as a lefty? Did you have to just swatch it around you know, yeah. in that 50-minute changeover the or t- something? Typical annoying lefty having nah. to let the sound guy know like, in advance. But. Well, at least you do that. A lot of people don't. Yeah, they seem to like that as well. A lot of... <gasps> you told me. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Whenever I go up to them, I'm always you're, really polite. You're a like, functioning like, human I'm like, being. I'm sorry. I know I'm a pain, but I'm a lefty, and we're gonna have to swap the mics over. And they're like, "Well, at least you told me." We get so many bands who don't, yeah. and then I'm like, "Oh, he's moved the mic, so now I need to go." Re-, you know. Yeah, he's exactly. a. Uh, yeah, that was really good. So we did that, and then last night, last night, Saturday night for the right. um, final show in Ipswich, we all used my drum kit. Cause Steamboat. Steamboat doesn't have a kit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's good. So the order was uh, Camden. We played at Dublin Castle, which was amazing. I'd never been there before. Amazing. And it made me think of the scene from uh, In Between Us that was filmed there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I'm trying to remember what the band was that yeah, played I there. Can't. So In Between Us, I'm just searching it. In Between Us, Dublin Castle. Right, let's find out. Because I remember I uh, I saw them play with Don Broco mm-hmm. and Mallory Knox once. And they were awesome. But yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, less about me. Yeah, I'll let, you, <laughs> I'll let you get into that. So, uh, so yeah, that was really cool. It was my first time at that venue. And for an opening night of the tour, it was, it was the perfect start, really. Because, you know, the crowd were 
it was packed from the first band, which is rare, you know. That's yeah. That's Normally, crazy. the first band you suffer a little bit of like the people are still arriving and and not no one's really getting into it. But yeah, from the get go, man, every single set, every single gig, every venue was every band was amazing. Right. Uh, Brighton in the middle, where uh, <laughs> that was so cool. It was the first time I played in Brighton for about ten years, and the venue we were at was uh, the Prince Albert, which was a cracking little venue. And they've recently was got it sound quite piercing. <laughs> Sorry, but um, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> but the uh, yeah, they've recently got a new sound system, and it's there. It amazing. is. Sorry, the Hoosiers. Oh yeah, of course it is. The Hoosiers. The who? Hoosiers. <laughs> who Sorry, yeah, the sound system. What the Prince Albert? Oh, it's so good now, man. Yeah, so good. It the, it sounded so professional. Nice. Yeah, it was banging. It was nice to see a few mates from Brighton as well. Oh really? Yeah. Who turned up? Um, my mate Jack, and then there was just a few familiar faces of good, people I recognised from yeah. the gig scene there. Um, but That's yeah, it was so nice to touch. finish it at the Steamboat because we were the first band to christen the new Steamboat. The Steamboat's just been renovated, man. Do you know this? I've not seen this. What? So, you know how a big part of the Steamboat vibe is that everyone's crammed in that little corner at the end watching the bands? Mm. That mm-hmm. part of the room's now about three times the size. What? How? So what was behind the stage originally was the kitchen and the ladies' toilets, neither of which are there anymore. So Mad. they've just knocked the wall through and the room is much bigger. So it's less crammed. The sound's much livelier. The stage is That's a little bit crazy. bigger. It's awesome. Where do the ladies pee? So they've just moved the toilets now, so they're kind of the near the bar, but right. behind the bar. Um, yeah, you can do. I was like gonna say they don't just sort of be like, hey, "Sorry, excuse me." Yeah, just... dig a hole in the garden. <laughs> just on the stage. <laughs> it's really cool, man. That's cool. I'm they put check the floor down the night before we played, and I was wow. like, "We'll definitely wear that in, boy." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Tread the boards. Yeah, very cool, man. Walk the planks. So yeah, what did the uh, what did the the, the the touring bands think of think of the steamboat then? Oh, they loved it. So, uh, Pussycat and the Dirty Johnsons, it was their first time playing it. Yeah. And they really enjoyed it. Because, as you know, the Ipswich crowd, the Pirates Pull is rowdy yeah, and awesome. And yeah. they love it. They always have a good time. I'm sad because I wasn't there. Yeah, you were <laughs> gigging as well. But yeah. you'll get onto that, I'm sure. Mm. Um, the Witch Doctors, they've played there with us a few times before, so mm. they knew what to expect. But Are they from Camden? Uh, uh uh, yeah, well, Witch Doctors and Pussycat are both sort of near Camden and London, so right. we kind of just used those as their hometowns, yeah, if nice. you know what I mean. But yeah. yeah, they loved it. They've been there before, and they, they were expecting the small room, the small cramped, sweaty room again, yeah, not this new course. big refurbishment. So, <gasps> yeah, it was nice. Everyone was so good. I've made some great friends and some great memories on this tour. So, this- Can you tell me what you think the best crowd of the weekend was? Ipswich. Well, yeah. Okay. Other than Ipswich. <laughs> um, well, best out of Brighton and Camden. Oh, Camden, 100%. Yeah. yeah. As much as I love Brighton, <laughs> every time. Sorry. As much as I love Brighton, it's such a competitive music scene and very saturated, more so than London, I think. It, really? The crowds there are notoriously difficult to win over, especially if you're not a local band. I see. So we played equally well every night, but the Every band said that the crowd at Camden, uh, Brighton was just super hard to really? get to be, get involved, and you know when you've got like back and forth bits like chanting and getting yeah. them to clap, it just felt really difficult right. at Brighton. Difficult. Whereas, like I said, at the Dublin Castle in Camden, man, like from the get go, two songs into the opening band, the crowd was super yeah. rowdy. It was amazing. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's that's what you want, isn't it? I mean, receptive crowds. Like you say, it could just be a bit oversaturated, but you know, London. You know, is 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 crazy hard. Camden's yeah. crazy hard to get. Have you ever done Great Escape Festival in Brighton? 
Oh, good question. Good question. I might have. Have you ever been to it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What would? What's the vibe? Because I've never been. Um, so it's like a pub crawl, isn't it? Really? It's yeah. Like... Essentially, it's just like everyone trying to plan how they're going to get from pub to pub in time to see all their favourite bands. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, I think one year I just stayed at one of them and just yeah. thought, you know, it's easier if I just stay here, I'll watch all the bands that are on here. So did you have to pay for a ticket or did you just turn up to the pub? I think you just turn up. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to get us onto it, but I don't know exactly who you're supposed to contact about yeah. that. It was like 10 years ago when I would have been there before, so... Yeah. Uh, forgive me for having a bit of a hazy memory of it, but no, they they do a lot on the beach as well for that. Amazing. And I remember just spending a lot of the time at the beach. That's so. great. And you can't really charge someone at the beach. Yeah, excuse me. It's hard to like. Right, so from from the from this, this line of, of stones over, yeah. you have to pay. But if you're still there, you're fine. <laughs> Escape Brighton. Yeah, just hop in the water, swim around the fence, and get out of the way. <laughs> Easy to break in at a beach festival. We're looking for the most wet person we can find. <laughs> uh, the wet bandit. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so, okay, that's cool. I mean, it, it's it's very difficult when you are touring with a band that you haven't toured with before to know whether you guys are going to get on mm-hmm. um, or, you know, whether your music's even going to fit together. Yeah. Did you kind of know that it was just going to work beforehand or were you a yeah, bit apprehensive? So- I mean, the fact that we're all on the same festival together probably shows that we're all of a similar True. thing because it is a, a sort of punky festival. However, what made the tour amazing for me is that we all sort of knew each other from gigging with each other previously, but it's the first time the three of us have got to spend three nights really seeing each other's show at its full potential yeah. because we've never really seen each other headline the other show if you see what I mean, because they've yeah. always been here supporting us or we've been supporting them. But right. um, yeah. Um, Interesting. The Witch Doctors, are, what what was great about them is they've got a similar vibe to Pirates, just take away the piratiness. Right. And you've just got really catchy punk rock songs. Yeah. Really melodic and it's awesome. The thing that make Pussycat and the Dirty Johnsons amazing is just how weird they are. <laughs> like It's so seen different the and cool and I love it. They've got no bass play. They've just got a really fat, deep guitar tone right. and these screeching, amazing yeah. artistic vocals and it's just rad, man. Nice. I like that. Yeah, I mean, Undercover, there's, there's footage of you playing that mm-hmm. from before, isn't it? And is yeah. that isn't it like a theme park That's in Margate? That's right. It's at Dreamland in Margate. So and you've done a, you've done a, a, I've done a, a video there. I've done a couple of vlogs at the last two years when we've played it. On your YouTube channel. On the YouTube. Where do we find it? YouTube.com forward slash Rainer Vandell or go to RainerVandell.com and there's a link on there. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, so let's just pivot a sec. Pivot. To <laughs> up. Um, uh, your YouTube channel's been blowing up recently, hasn't it? Yeah, that's mad. It Since out... the last time you were on the show. Yeah, literally came out of nowhere. So our, our discussion about um, YouTube and the competitiveness kind of got me thinking that I wanted to do an experiment really and uh-huh. this was an experiment I thought you know I'm let, I thought let's play the game and be quite open about the fact that yeah. I'm playing the game and what I mean by that is like let me make the most YouTube generic video I can think of Click relatively clickbaity yeah. title thumbnail mm-hmm. just to see if like it is true that red arrows and circles yeah, you know and I did it and for about a month, it sat on 150 views. And I was like, well... There we go. I broke the system. <laughs> there we go. I broke the system. But then I woke up one day and looked at my phone and it was on 1,000. And I was like, wow, that was crazy overnight. The <laughs> next day, 5,000. Next day, 10, 20. And then it got to the point where it was getting 40,000 views a day. <laughs> right? And I went from like... 
300 subscribers to now at nearly 4,000, and the video's currently sitting on 540,000 views, <laughs> which is more than the average episode of EastEnders. So if you want an so... autograph, send me a, an address envelope. And yeah, I'll... do <laughs> it. Yeah, exactly. It's mad. It shows that it works. I did it as an it experiment like to be like, look, the reason why people always make at least one or two sellout videos on such a saturated platform it's just to get their foot in the door so that they can do their Actually, own thing. Yeah, good and good content past that. I made that. sure to follow up with, you know, a more Rainer-esque video. If you look the couple videos afterwards, there's like a vlog and there's a review of a product, which is the sort of stuff I did anyway. But then I was like, let's see how far this can go. Yes. And I did a, a follow-up video to it and it's, you know, it's doing all right. But I think it only is doing all right off the back of the one that went yeah. viral. No, of course. It's it's awesome, just, because, yeah, like, how do you deal with going from, you know, not having that much admin to do with a YouTube channel? Well, you do have a lot, but there is difference because you've got to, you know, if you are going to be a successful YouTuber, you want to be able to reply to comments, you know, yeah. keep people involved and, and interact mm -hmm. with your, your, your base. How have you adapted to that? Um, well, e even before the channel blew up a little bit, I, I always really liked to pride myself on the fact that I would always reply to every single comment, but mm. then I could keep up with it because yeah. I was maybe getting like one a day. And they weren't quite as mean. Yeah. <laughs> the trolls don't come out until you start getting a bit of traction. But um, <laughs> Traction trolls. Traction trolls. I love that. That's a good mm. band name. Um, but sorry. Uh, yeah. Once I started getting maybe like 50 comments a day, it did get a little bit hard to keep up with it. But like you said, I just started filtering them to only reply to the ones worth replying to yeah, like relevant. the amount of trolls and things that are just like i don't understand what the point they're making so yeah. i'll like them all just because you know it helps the page it's more interaction yeah exactly and it, like what people don't understand is even when they sit there posting hate comments on your page and then that comment gets a thousand <laughs> likes all that's doing is pushing you up in the rankings yeah, and making yeah. more people see it yeah but you have to expect it man i'd say only about 20 percent of the comments are trolls but i knew that was going to happen and Amazing. I actually love it. And I love how like unoriginal a lot of them are. There's been so many, right? My favorite one. I'm just going to give a shout Go out on. to all the trolls, right? So anyone who knows me or has seen me um, IRL, that means in real life. For oh, them. thanks. <laughs> I thought you meant URL. URL. Now, anyone who's seen me in real life will know that I recently lost a lot of hair and I now just shave it and I'm pretty much bald under my hat. So there's a bit in the video uh, where I, I'm talking about drumming and I say less is more and I really drive the point home. Mm -hmm. And then I take my hat off about 10 seconds after I say it. And there's been about 100 <laughs> comments of people going, less is more, like under your hat, right? <laughs> and I actually think it's hilarious. So I replied to everyone with the laughing face emoji yeah. and the bald man emoji. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, other than Let's that, get... it's, it's funny, man. We were saying off air that it's, it's quite good to just sort of keep you in check sometimes, yeah. isn't it? Because I mean, like, you're not an egotistical bloke, I don't think so anyway. Um, uh, you do have to have some uh, level of ego to be able to put yourself out there mm -hmm. uh, online but the people that just can't handle a bit of bit of rimming is just like yeah. you know it, it doesn't it's not so nice is it so you know the fact that you can be like ah well you know no biggie yeah yeah it's all right i mean i don't mind it doesn't get to me anymore <laughs> i did cry the first few comments and, and deleted my account and but then i was like no i'll get over it <laughs> exactly <laughs> i'll just suck my thumb and just carry on yeah. um so uh recently uh Rainer and i went and saw a wonderful band at the railway in fox road in ipswich called pet knees they've got a brand new single coming out this weekend we'll tell you how to do it very very soon until then we actually get to let you listen to it very which nice. i don't think anybody 
else actually has heard the, re the full recording yet. So you guys are well lucky in it. This is How to Perfectly Pretend by Pet Knees. Check it. Out. I've been doing it for ages I'm fine, what you ask him, smiling Ain't so what a weird question Lying on my back in happy week I have this epiphany Man, am I who I am or am I as I wish to be perceived? That was Pet Needs with How to Perfectly Pre Pretend. That's going to be available uh, this weekend, and I'll be telling you more about it very, very soon. But before that... What did I do? That's a good question, me, from the past. <laughs> Should I answer it, Rainer, in the present? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Um, yeah, we had a really good week. Um, uh, Rainer and I were hanging out uh, on uh, Friday after you, because I mean, you while you were on tour, you guys didn't stay in hotels. You came back to your yeah. hometown before, like yeah, every single night, which is knackering. Yeah, but there was no way around it. Certain people couldn't get out of other. Um, yeah, well, things, like, like me, for example. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I forced you to come to a photo shoot <laughs> on the Friday, um, which we had Kezia Tan uh, photo. Just up with us at Rendlesham at Ben Waters, where we do rock project, um, and it was loads of fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was I've, good fun, man. Just like, she's just up. yeah, the sun was really sunny, wasn't it? That was really nice, like no clouds, so we had really good natural lighting. Mm. Um, uh, well, we were doing it because uh, you know a lot of bands have studio shoots done for them and we've never done that um because well ever since day one people have always just taken pictures of us on stage and and sent them to us which is you know a wonderful thing to have uh so i've always just been like well that's where what people are actually going to see us like yeah so um you know i'd prefer to to really spread the message like that but really actually it was after chart attack released their you know harley's band released their um uh, their images from them uh, you know when they when they went in with their agency i thought wow they look really professional yeah. and if you're a couple uh wanting to get married and you're looking for bands you kind of want to see a personal side of of, of a band a yeah. personable side of a yeah. band as well so like you know you kind of want to see what they might look like <clears throat> as normal human beings not just you know on stage screaming the faces off um but a lot of the times, you know, the, the, the pictures that we have of us on stage are in, you know, big festivals or in pubs where it's not really that representative of what we'd look like at the event. At, so, at, at a wedding, for yeah. example, yeah. Like it's what? like, you know, like we have to like, you know, have a, have a picture, on, you know, a caption underneath our picture saying colours may vary. <laughs> <laughs> you know, may not be like what is picture, you know, suitable uh, repetition supply. So uh, so we got there and we were, um, Kezia was, was helping us uh, sort of, get these sort of studio shots that we could push in you know we could we should copy and paste members when we want to so we can sort of have you know uh, all of us standing in the same place we did you know a full band thing trio thing duo thing uh, individual shots uh, it had tom with hench arms yeah, tom, tom guitar thing um holding up the light for the whole time and he's like i'm fine i'm fine <laughs> uh, the most the most helpful were hannah and Maisie, Maisie. the dog I love Maisie. She's a great dog. Oh my god! <laughs> there's pictures of her, and that I just got some of the pictures back from Keezy today, bless her. So, uh, and there's some great ones of you just being like, Maisie, look at the camera. Yeah, look at the camera. Look at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was really nice. We sort of did some wandering shots. We got shouted at by a farmer for sitting on his pile of tires. Yeah, can't sit there, boys. He must get tired of people doing that. Yeah, all the time. I mean, health it must and be safety. really annoying. <laughs> I'll leave. See you later, Josh. <laughs> 
you know, mate. <laughs> Quite impressed with that. Um, uh, so yeah, that was, that was really nice. Uh, got to sort of get all that done. It's just been a massive admin week for me because I've got performances coming up next week for my students um, in their schools at Moreland and at Rendlesham mm. to uh, just to show off how great they are to their fellow students and their parents. So it's been a lot of you know people going, I haven't got my practice sheets. So I'm sending it off to them <laughs> again and and uh, and getting them all ready. It's gonna be it's gonna be manic, but it, they're gonna be so proud of themselves by the end of it. So I can't oh, wait. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so on the, the Saturday, well, actually before that, actually I wanted to get to, uh, this, uh, this week I've been writing some music Ooh. completely out of my comfort zone, um, for a mate of mine, Leon, you met him at my housewarming party, mm-hmm. um, and he's making his own game, which is like this sort of, uh, it's an auto scroll, yeah. um, like the old school Mario stuff, like Super Meat Boy, but it's sort of jumping and obstacles and stuff like this, and it's, oh, cool. it looks well hard. It's his first ever game he's ever made, but he works for, uh, he, he does the graphics for TT Games, which no uh, handles all the stuff for, for Lego, mm-hmm. for all the Lego games and stuff like that, so he builds the models for them, and he's just been like, you know what, I really want to make my own game, because he's, he's a massive gamer, and he's so good at every single game he picks up. Um, you know, when you're sort of doing those parties where you're like handing around the controller, you never get a go because yeah. he's just nailing it all the time. Especially like, if his winner stays on. And yeah, exactly. Just That's like got his own chair. Just like, I might as well stay here. <laughs> you go make the teas, right? Yeah. Uh, five of you. Um, so, yeah, like uh, he's he basically asked me if I could write some music, but didn't give me any brief. He was just like, whatever's most fun for you. Oh, that's <laughs> like, cool. Oh, man. So that's fun. But I'm also like, so I've really got to think, because, you know, Leon and I have been mates since high school. So we, so I, I get his music taste. Mm-hmm. So I've sort of been toying around with stuff, sent some stuff over. He was like, yeah, that's cool. Carry on with that. I'm like, but there were different things happening there. Which one do you like the best? And he's yeah. like, whatever's the most fun for you. Uh, <laughs> like, it's almost like sometimes you want a client to be a little bit more fussy because yeah. then you, you have something to work towards. Yeah, but exactly. At the same time, it's awesome to have creative be freedom. freedom. Yeah. Um, so I've gone for, so I started off with like real electronic tech, techno kind of style stuff. Um, but then I realized it just sounded a little bit too Daft Punk at times. Mm-hmm. So I just basically added in drum breaks so like old school James Brown stuff mm-hmm. and old like Parliament style drum breaks, and and now it just sounds like Prodigy, huh. and I, I'm loving making it. It's just making these really hard, yeah. you know, and like like really like heavy synths, loads of arpeggiators, loads of pads, and it's really fun to make. I just need to add some samples in there for people to go and woo, nice, <laughs> and there we go. Um, so yeah, that's been really fun. I'll uh, I'll keep you guys updated on that. And you know, like Frankie was like, you need to release this as an album. Yeah. <laughs> and there's I've, I've my process with it. I basically just got a bunch of drum loops, and there must be about thirty or forty different drum loops. I put them all in a line on Logic, and I would just and that go was your through. Song. <laughs> yeah, we go. Yeah, exactly. All at the same tempo. Yeah. Um. But you know, I just basically make an an eight bar loop of them make an eight bar loop of synths, you know, bass, uh, arpeggios, all this sort of stuff, chords, and then just move on to the next one and just try and be as random as possible. And I've already gotten through about 30 or 40 different, well, maybe not 40, about 30-ish tracks. Mm -hmm. They're not full tracks, but for a game that they're going to be sort of speeding up after every sort of 20 seconds. Yeah. So so it'll be going from sort of 100 BPM to 120 BPM to 140 BPM and just getting more stressful as it goes. So yeah, it's it's kind of a no-brainer that you can just get so many out. But that was really quite a good exercise of just going, right, I'll, I'll, I'll just add a bunch 
I'll just get a bunch next to each other and just you know give myself half an hour and see how I do and just timing like that my productivity went up to the ceiling so I don't know I quite like that you might try to try that trick yourself if you're listening in yeah. um, but the most fun thing that we did this weekend the last week was last Saturday uh, unfortunately Rainer missed it but we played at the Mayor's Ball the Mayor's Charity Ball at the Corn Exchange I used to work there for years <laughs> and it was so weird because that's the first time I've ever played in the Corn Exchange stage Wow! and uh, and I remember just being up in the rafters doing the lights doing the rigging yeah. um, you know doing artist liaison and, and, and being front of house mostly I'd be mostly doing like front of house and, uh, and bar and, and kiosk stuff Yeah. Um, so it was really nice to just be back there for a swanky event all suited and booted getting fed in the mayor's chambers we went up to the mayor's chambers where you see all the sort of the old clothes the scepter these wow. swords they let me hold the sword i had a pair of like pair of white gloves on <laughs> i was like amazing um awesome. and i got a nice little history lesson about it you know about you know i get to hold this thing that was from uh 800 ad um it was just amazing just this this sort of die cast of things that they would uh sort of print things on and do you think anyone's ever dropped it uh, if they did, it would hurt their foot because it was well heavy. Was it? I was holding it. I was like, I feel like I'd be now. that one guy who just like gets really excited <laughs> and drops it. But I mean, yeah, the, the, it would probably only just sort of scratch it. It's on carpet. I uh, was thinking that I was like, I'm gonna drop this. I'm gonna drop this. I'm gonna drop this. Yeah, they make you hold it in a in like one of those pools full of sponges that they gymnasts practice in. What are they called? You know? <laughs> yeah, uh, sort of. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just rambling. Go on, sorry. But no, it's rambling. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we got to the Andrew Beale and Lynn Beale booked us for that. Thank you guys. Lynn listens to the show you're wonderful um, and we uh, Andrew organised a stage so it was tiered mm. so Rich was up on the sort of the, the main height of the stage Murray and Goble because uh, Goble was uh, Ben Goble was, from the Ben Goble trio was depping um, as Rainer wasn't there he was playing saxophone bingo and keyboards. cards are going to be amazing today right crazy right um, and he uh, um, they were on this sort of like halfway down the stage and I had a sort of a platform right at the front sounds similar to what we did for New Year's at, at St Peter's Similar, yeah, yeah, very similar, very similar. So yeah, they had this sort of thing, and like, I'm out in the middle of the crowd, yeah. and 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 the rest of the guys are sort of very visible. Cool. Sound was great, thanks to Steve Mann. The lights were great, thanks to Jay. I used to work with both of those those guys, so um, you know, really nice to hang out with those two. Um, and yeah, they raised a lot of money for the Suffolk Law Centre, which helps to give advice to people that can't afford solicitors. And oh, that's things, good. Which is really good, right? Um, you know something we might need so it's that kind of thing of, of being able to say you did a great performance and know that it, it, it benefited people we had some really good feedback we got some bookings out of it and uh, we got free sandwiches Yay. so cheers guys but anyway so that's enough about me I want to well play some more stuff from me um, and this is a new track from Goofa Dust uh, we recorded this at Rook's Yard I play guitar on this one uh, we've got Craig up in the, in the higher register on this one um, so we're going to play uh, this track called Shame it's going to be coming out very soon take it easy cheers enjoy it Ooh.
uh, fade out my solo there. Uh, that one was for Nigel because he asked for a bit of uh, a bit of Giles, a bit of harmonica as he's practicing harmonica on the beach. Uh, we'll see you at the Rock Project later on, mate. Um, yeah, so yeah, we recorded that at Rook's Yard. There was loads of fun. But, uh, less of that, more of the most important things happening the past week. Music news, music news, here we go with music news. <laughs> I can always forget <laughs> the wrong music. <laughs> So, uh, this week we have news about Article 13 passing in the European Parliament. We also have uh, royalty fees going up uh, for small venues, as well as Google just bought Spotify, mate. How crazy. So, let's talk about that. We've got, according to the Journal report, Apple's rapid ascent may have motivated the one, uh, the on-again, off-again acquisition talks between Google, Alphabet, and Spotify. It was Alphabet the company that owns Google that's bought Spotify yeah. for 43.4 billion, billion in cash. <laughs> I know, it's mad, isn't it? Just any time the word billion comes up when you're talking about money is mind-blowing. Right. But 43 of them... <laughs> I can't even count point, that high. The 0.4 is an amazing yeah, exactly. amount of money. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I could do with just the 0.4, mate. That'd yeah. be fine with that. So earlier, a meteoric rise in Spotify's stock price followed by a late... 2018 plunge complicated negotiations despite interest on both sides that new property will live separately under alphabet incorporated instead of being tied to google or youtube specifically i was wondering how that would work because youtube have their own streaming service and i didn't know if they'd just amalgamate them into one big thing amalgamation they've got such different branding and like well it says in in the article here that like you know they're when you look at the amount of paying subscribers for Spotify, like 100 million. 100 million, right? YouTube and Google Play combined, I think, only have about four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like Spotify clearly have most of the market. Yeah, they've got a huge market share of that one. I don't have any figures here about how, how well Apple are doing. Could yeah, you Google that for me? Yeah, Just find sure. out how many how many subscribers Apple Music's got. So uh, Daniel Ek, CEO and founder of Spotify, is now expected to share chief executive responsibilities with Lior Cohen currently uh, global head of music at YouTube. Uh, the pairing is designed to bring more hip-hop to the combined Google Music me- mega umbrella with Cohen leveraging his tight relationships with rappers like Kodak Black, 6 9 Lil Yachty and Moneybag You. Uh, have you found some... Yeah, I've got it. It's interesting, right? So, right. Um, it has 56 million users. But Apple do- Music. Yeah, but it doesn't specifically say how many of those are subscribers. Right. But I would assume that if you're a user of it... You pay for it, yeah. Because I mean, I got, I, I had my Apple Music um, uh, subscription from the new contract when I got a new contract out with the EE. So yeah. I think there's probably a lot of people that you know will do the first six months or something like that. But Spotify does the same thing, doesn't it? Yeah. So I mean, I use Spotify, but I don't pay for it, so I get the adverts. So, uh, but I don't think you can do that with Apple. I don't think you can actually use it without paying for it. They don't do a free version. So, I don't know. I'm not sure if that makes it better or not. Because what did you say was 50? 56 million 56 users. 56 million the users. The more I'm reading into the article, sorry. Go on. It's only about 109... Um, whoa, hold on. No, that's even more. Go on. It says 109 million ad-supported monthly users. That would mean people who aren't paying for it, like how you said with yeah. Spotify. But it's really okay. unclear as to how many people actually pay for the, the usage of it. I think 
from what it's saying here, it, its best guess is about a million. So it, that's even less than YouTube and yeah. and the other one we said. What was Not the other a one? Not a huge amount. That was a, a Google Play. Google Play. Sorry. Yeah. So that surprises mm. me. Well, it's relatively new, but they are very much heading towards streaming and stuff. Apple these days. So I think Spotify's yeah. got a bit threatened by that. Thing that you quite liked: artists and songwriters will also receive a handsome payout. Well, sort of. According to details tipped during the private press preview, Alphabet-owned Spotify will initiate a special streaming payout of one penny per stream for a limited 24-hour period, which is mad in comparison to the 0.003. However, after that 24-hour period, the penny day rate will be dramatically reduced to a blended Google Music rate of 0.0000163 per spin. That's a lot of noughts. That's a... Graham Norton, uh, or YouTube's average advertiser payout rate, which is lower. That is mad, isn't it? That really, really is mad. So, you know, that's like a almost, I'd say that's like a few thousand times more per stream. So anyone out there who's got their music yes. on Spotify, get, get it, it up on every device you own and mm-hmm. put it on repeat for a day, trust me. Definitely. And I think that's today, isn't it? Yes, so I think, yeah, because this is literally just broke. So I think everybody, if you can just put your stuff on repeat on Spotify, you make some <laughs> monies. Um, so formal signatures and filings are expected to happen on Wednesday. But here's some politics for you. The regulatory approvals remain. In the US, however, the deal is expected to receive a rubber stamp approval uh, thanks to sizable donations from Google and Alphabet to the committee to re-elect Donald Trump. <laughs> so there's a little bit of, you know, under-the-table stuff there. In the EU, However, officials are reportedly eyeing the acquisition with intense scrutiny, especially in light of the company's arduous lobbying against the copyright directive, Article 13. Yeah. Which brings us on to the next one, May. Every time you're here, we seem to talk about Article 13 news, don't we? I know anyone will think I'm an expert, but I probably know less than the average listener. (laughs) Smaller than the average man. Yeah, so... Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just been approved by EU Parliament, hasn't it? Yeah. It's such a confusing thing. So to me, Article 13 is a bit like Brexit. I don't think anyone fully understands what it means, <laughs> but everyone is really opinionated about it, right? Yeah. One way or the other. But Definitely. Um, yeah, so it basically says here that members of the European Parliament have voted to adopt the Directive on Copyright in the Digital Single Market, which includes the controversial Article 13, which has recently been renamed Article 17. It's branding. Branding. I think How it's because it like, so many people like me are like, hold on, what is Article 13? Then when you've got people like YouTube, I feel so dirty saying this, but you know, YouTube have kind of almost like had a lot of propaganda about Definitely. Article 13. I kind of think they're trying to get away from the name so people are like, yes. oh, what's this other new thing? Is it the yeah. same? But it is supposed to be for good, isn't it? It aims to just try and make uh, internet platforms liable for any misuse of copywriting, so Facebook, you know, mm. YouTube, Instagram, etc., um, and it makes those platforms the ones liable, not necessarily the person who's created the content. Yeah. Which this is where my controversial opinion lies. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Go on. I don't think I actually like Article 13. Go on. From a social. You mean 17. 17. From a social media point of view, because if I'm to rip someone off and copy their music or. Right post something that I don't own. That's my fault and I'm fully responsible for that. Right. Google, i.e. YouTube, shouldn't have to take the blame for that Mm. because they already have measures in place to stop that happening. So, for example, if I upload a drum cover, which is me uploading someone else's music to YouTube, I instantly get flagged up to say, you don't own the rights to this. However, 
the money that your video makes is going to get paid to the rights holder. So I'm mm. like, well, what's the problem then? You yeah. Know? I kind of, but that, but it goes way deeper than that. My experience of Article 13 is only through YouTube and I kind of don't trust And they it. have really been like carpet bombing. Oh, they've been so on it and they were making out that as soon as this has passed, YouTube's basically going to shut down, but right. it's totally fine. Yeah, I mean, it, that's, this happened last Tuesday, March 26th. So it was right after the recording of our last show. Yeah. So, you know, we didn't report on it straight away and it still seems to be there, doesn't it? I just wish I understood more about it so I could have a better opinion on it. Mm. I mean, it's yeah, the, the intensified campaigning uh, to support the directive in the weeks leading up to the vote has has been welcomed by a wide cross-section of the music business. Um, so, I don't know, it's really good. The world's first legislation requires user upload content platforms to perform an act of communication to the public and must either seek authorization from rights holders mm -hmm. or ensure no unauthorized content is available on their platforms. Right. So there's a lot of admin they're going to have to do and there's kind yeah. of like watching, you know, watchmen kind of stuff. The directive also includes a stay down provision requiring platforms to keep unlicensed content down and other global first. So I think the reason why the social media companies find that hard is because like you said, what they're imposing is going to be almost impossible just using algorithms. Oh, crikey, Because yeah. how would you do that with photographs? I mean, I know we've got, like, face recognition and stuff, but it's just not doable, especially when there's something like a billion minutes worth of footage uploaded to YouTube a day. I mm. might be exaggerating that, but well, I know the figure is unfathomably huge. Is that the right word? Yeah. Words. Hashtag words. Mm. But... You know, it's crazy. Like they, I feel like they already do so much to try and prevent people yeah. doing stuff they shouldn't. But I'm only talking about YouTube. I mean, with things like Facebook, well, Facebook everything I mean, think else. Think about it now, like, that because not only the copyright directive uh, it was Article 17, they had a couple other articles. Articles 11, I think that was the the link tax, and Article mm -hmm. 12, which I believe is the that people are calling it the meme ban. Yeah. Where you know, if you don't own the rights to an image, you can't put some font on it. Uh, and write something funny and then put it up on Facebook um, and make a meme out of it, which, I mean, is so much fun. I mean, we post them up on the on yeah, our Facebook totally. page a lot. And I don't really see, if you're not making money off it, why that's illegal. Right, yeah. Because that's I like saying you're not allowed me, to walk it? around the street in another t in, a, in a band's T-shirt because you don't own the, their logo, but you're advertising it. Interesting, yeah. That's, that's, that's a good way of looking at it. I think it, it depends because, I mean, you know... Uh, we like often like what I was talking about earlier when I post pictures of the band live. They're not my, uh, they're not pictures that I took. They are pictures of me. Yes, mm -hmm. so I guess I own the likeness there. But you know whether we whether I'm making money off it is difficult to actually you know uh, quantify because sure. I might get a booking out of it uh, down the line and and a percentage of that picture did go towards. Yeah, that's part of your marketing campaign. Yeah. So essentially, it is helping to. Pay pay you yeah so i don't know so how people get constant compensated is getting more and more convoluted now uh, yeah i guess it's not as simple as it once was with you know like you say with the photograph some of them may be watermarked with the photographer's logo on it mm. sometimes you can pay a photographer x amount to get that removed watermark and, yeah but that doesn't mean you then really own the photo yeah exactly and i actually most of the time ask people to put them on the photograph when they send them to me just because otherwise I'd, i feel guilty but anyway, we could talk about this all day. The yeah, next totally. music story. Ba -ba -da -ba -ba -da -ba oh, thank you. Uh, I don't know what that was. I liked it. It was lasers. Um, UK music venues to face 125% jump 
in royalty fees. Now, this is the news that the phonographic performance uh, licensing company, so PPL, a British music industry body that collects royalty payments for musicians, is planning to more than double the fees paid by pubs, bars, and nightclubs to play recorded music. So, I don't know, this, this is a bit... This, this could uh, polarise a few people. Uh, by mm. 2023, venues hosting DJ events, also including cafes, restaurants, and hotels, will pay nine pence per person per hour versus an average at the moment of about 3.9 pence. Yeah. Um, so this money is collected by Phonographic Performance, so the PPL, and, distri- and distributed to the artists and record companies whose music is being played. The changes don't affect venues that use music only in the background. <laughs> Uh, which I mean, how how are people going to yeah? What that? determines that is it like certain decibel per room size? That like how are you going to monitor that? <laughs> I know, it's if really you're in hard. a really loud pub, like background noise could be louder than their full noise in yeah. a quiet pub. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's just like if, if people can talk over it. Is that the thing? Is it? Um, but so anyway. Uh, announcing the changes the PPL stated the current tariff has been in place for around 30 years and PPL's view supported by economic anal- analysis is that the fees in it are too low to be an appropriate reflection of the value to businesses of using reported music I don't know about this yeah. there has nevertheless been a backlash from the hospitality industry the margin this is a quote here the margins for music venues are being repeatedly squeezed and this is yet another nail in the coffin some venues will undoubtedly pub- be pushed over the edge by this increase. That's Steve Ball, the chief executive of the Colombo Group, which runs London venues, including XOYO and the Jazz Cafe. Mm. So, you know, if he's going to feel the uh, the squeeze, I mean, sm- like, you know, these only big venues like the XOYO and the Jazz yeah. Cafe, somewhere like the Smokehouse, if yep. they're doing a DJ event, might have to just completely up their rates yeah. for, for hiring the venue. So small bands like There's us. There's so many ways to look at this. It's like, well, yeah, it might be beneficial for the artists and bands because they may actually get more revenue. Mm-hmm. But you might get less people turning up to your gigs, which means the venues then make less money. They can't afford to pay those mm-hmm. fees and they stop putting on bands. And uh, we talked about this before. Uh, we went on air. Is the fact that the kind of people that are getting their records played in pubs but on DJ nights aren't small musicians. Yeah. It's uh, a monopoly, isn't it? It's yeah. like it will just make the, the already... Um, established artists bigger mm. and the smaller grows smaller yeah so I don't know it might help us if we were bigger but right now I'm not sure the changes would wring the last life out of venues this is a, uh, this is a quote it's not just nightclubs and large venues that will be hit village pubs that host weekly discos will be strangled by the charge and there is every chance that such events upon which many pubs rely will be forced out altogether so uh, scary. The changes to, to the fees will come into force on the first of July this year, with fees gradually increasing until twenty twenty three. So we've got you know four years to figure this out. Um, what do you guys think? Please give us yeah. a tweet. Please give us a little mention uh, in your comments. Let us know what you think and let us know what you want us to discuss next time. Uh, do you think that the royalties should keep rising, or do you think that we should make it a little bit easier for small venues to figure stuff out? But anyway. Uh, until then, next week, we're going to be talking about some stuff that I think I think I thought about this morning. We didn't do that this week because Harley's not here. So I just want to quickly get on to... And so, uh, yeah, we've got the alternative number one show coming up where Rain is playing this Saturday at we're five we're o'clock we're. as the Manor Ballroom in Ipswich with East Town Pirates. The Manor Ballroom. And the Downsetters. Yeah, I love the Downsetters. They're great, man. They and are who well- else is playing? 
Uh, no, I can't remember right now, but yeah, Jack the Ladder playing. The members. The members, that's um, it. Jack the Ladder. Ratty. Oh, crikey, I've forgotten their name. Oh, God, I feel awful. I'm... I know, it's all right. But anyway, so check check that out. I feel there's a few few tickets left. Um, we got also on the uh, Thursday, Caswell is releasing a new EP. Uh, I wanted to play some of that today, but we don't have any time because we've got music from Polly Haynes coming up, so stick around. Yeah. Um, uh, that her launch is at the Smokehouse. Here we are at Thursday, fourth of April. Um, on the fifth of April, we got Blooms, Ransoms, and James Burridge at Coda, Colchester, and Essex. That's the Friday. Uh, it's in Colchester. Um, big gig on Saturday, sixth of April. Uh, Pet Needs are releasing the single that we just played for you. Oh, how sick. to uh, perfectly pretend uh, in Colchester during the day, and then they're taking a minibus from Colchester up to Camden Rocks all day um, at the Monarch in wow. Camden. So there are a few seats left. This is according to Rusty. You all right, mate? Uh, there's a few seats left on the minibus. If you want to say uh, that they meet at the red light, red, ship, red light ship at Colchester, I don't quite know where that is, 11 a.m. Saturday morning. It's 23 quid a seat and entry to the gig, and you get loads of bands. It's going to be amazing. Uh, so message the band or message Rusty on Facebook if you want to get a ticket for that one. That's one not to miss, guys, because like, they put on a great show. Show, and there's some big bands playing that one yeah, as well so, good. so yeah on that saturday i can't make it because i'm playing at the, uh, the foxy rock dance club in missley mm. saturday at eight o'clock it's 10 quid to get in unless you're a member i think it's six quid um so if you want to learn how to jive uh, or bop or if you want to learn to just move your feet that's at missley village hall this saturday uh it looks like it's going to be a, a packed one so i can't wait uh Fortunately, I can't make your show, Rainer, but enjoy well, it. we're both gigging. That's the way it goes sometimes. Always it? is, man. Um, on Saturday, also at the Smokehouse, you've got the Naked French and Slow King, as well as Nancy Dunnell. We've played Slow King on the show before. He's great. So if you can check him out, 8 o'clock at the Smokehouse uh, this Saturday. Uh, and on Sunday, we've got Honey and the Bear. Nice. playing wonderful uh, americana chilled out folk stuff from lucy and john uh, who have helped out the rock project before so thanks guys uh, that's the keith sadler presents night at arlington's that's this sunday at six o'clock um yeah loads coming on um loads going on the part you know this 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 weekend uh we've only got the one gig so i th- i'm gonna be spoiled for choice on what to do on the friday mm. isn't mm. rob playing on friday as well last gunfire I believe he is. Let's find out, eh? Um, Just yeah. So he doesn't get sad that we've missed him out because oh, no. he listens. You're right, Rob. All right, boy. Uh, you know, he doesn't give bad jobs. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, oh, did he know what to hear no, that? He no, he didn't. Yeah, he is, man. No, 5th of April. 5th, Friday 5th. He is at the Brewers Arms in Ipswich. Brewers Arms in Ipswich. Oh, yeah, that's uh, the Sun. Um, Spring Road, isn't it? Spring Road. Yeah, I've been there once before, and, uh, and it's, it? they've had it. Yeah, it they've had it sort of renovated recently because I remember it just sort of looking like a bit of a dive bar. But no, I think they've had... it's it's Orford Street. Oh, sorry, no. Yes, you are right. Sorry, my fault. My fault is right around the corner from here. Yeah. Um, it's uh, and that's Andy Martin, I believe his name is, mm. who used to do a lot of stuff on ICR and has been putting on a, on a lot of yeah, gigs at yeah, the yeah. Brewers Arms. So down here on Norwich Road, if you want to get some, you know, good country in you, as well as um, sort of country-esque covers of stuff. He's very good. He's got a wonderful voice. Rob's amazing. Crazy range on the bloke. I've no idea how he gets that high. Um, so yeah, check that out. Um, that's going to be Friday, 5th uh, the 5th at 5th o'clock. The 5th o'clock. <laughs> Uh, 8 o'clock he's starting that one it's going to be 8 to 11 so he's going to be knackered by the end of it he told me the other day he's only once ever had to stop a set midway to go to the toilet 
I've done it mid-festival set before. Really? Yeah. I've never done it. I'm not saying that I, I'm against it, but I'm just well lucky. Oh, what festival was it? I can't remember. It was one with pirates, and I just had to run off and pee. <laughs> Luckily, there was a portaloo like right behind the stage, so I was portaloo. Like, ah! I was like, kill some time. I have to go. Yeah, guys, 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 just vamp for a second, yeah. please go. I know that is really hard because sometimes, like, you'll go, you'll be traveling for four hours to get to a festival. You'll you'll set up, sound check, get straight on, and you've had no time to just because mm-hmm. you'll be loading everything in. Um, and yeah, it's only until you get off stage like an hour later, you're just suddenly like. <sighs> I think it was at Music Day. It oh, really? Music Day when we did the Toyota stage. So it's not, not only was that, it was it was on the massive, like, 40-foot telly as well. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, so, you know, good luck for Friday, Rob. I hope you, you know, relieve yourself beforehand, mate. <laughs> that, that sounds dodgy. Um, yeah, well, no, I, we were hoping that Harley was going to turn up, weren't we? Yeah, show his little face. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, he might be... You know, we were hoping he's he was fixed his van in time, but apparently not. Um, so yeah, I know you read into that one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, let's take a little quick sort of thing about um, you know what people have been saying on the Facebook. If you guys uh, you know enjoyed the show, please make sure you like the play. Uh, you like the you like the the page. Well, I'll get there in the end. <laughs> I don't know who I am anymore. Um, Get us on YouTube as well. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. You can subscribe to Rainer's YouTube um, as he's all over the place um, doing lots of different wonderful um, uh, videos every week. Chris Burness wants to know what our guilty pleasures are. Give me a quick thing. What are you embarrassed to listen to? It's Simply Red. Simply Red. Oh, you and Tom love it, don't I? Man, I love loads of cheese. Uh, Busted, I don't think are cheesy anymore. Yeah, true. Mm. Uh, well, uh, Rob Lewis was saying I watched a video of Aaron Lewis this is from ages ago from Stained when he walks off stage because the audience wouldn't stop talking uh, it was his oh, last yeah, song I saw of the that. night yeah and, the, uh, and, the sta- and he stands away from the mic to give a more of intimate feel obviously he can't be heard over the audience do people think it's he's to blame or should an audience that bought, uh, bought a ticket have more respect and is it his fault for not keeping them interested I have seen the video and it's kind of like yeah he didn't s- the crowd seemed like they really didn't care <laughs> Right. I don't and, know. It and, depends on who it is, I suppose, doesn't it? Yeah. But if you like, Andrew Lewis from Stained, I mean, not many people listen to Stained anymore, do they? Yeah, and especially if there was a lot of younger people. I genuinely think anyone younger than 23 <laughs> probably don't even know who they are. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. Interesting little snippet of things to think about Crazy. this morning. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think if, if you're going to get annoyed at your crowd, Just don't berate them I... for it. Just, just, just get... Get more into it. I don't know. I can't really. I can't really. Uh, uh, really come on that. Yeah. I've never actually walked off a stage because <laughs> I've been annoyed at them. But anyway, the more important thing that I want to end on: Polly Haynes, the maestro and wonderful guitarist herself, uh, living on Mersey Island these days, uh, is uh, releasing her new EP, 14th of April. So that's next week. But we've got an exclusive play of it. That's two exclusive plays this w- today, including Goof for Dust, which was my, you know, my music. So two and a know, goo. Three, three brand new tracks for you guys. So this one, uh, I love this one. If you like your reggae and dub, you you got to check this one out. This one's called Eddie Street. It's going to be available on the fourteenth of April. Check it out. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. See and you thanks later. For, Thank thanks you. for being here, Rainer. Bye. Thank you. Love you. <laughs> Bye. Okay,